0: Sex is the life force energy that runs through us all. The link between sex, creativity, and the sense of aliveness is strong. Can you use sexual energy for your spiritual evolution? Or perhaps for emotional healing? Is it even possible? Clinical sexologist Dr. Martha Tara Lee will explore all these and more on the Eros Evolution Show here on OM Times Radio and TV.
1: Welcome to Eros Evolution. This is where sex and spirituality and everything in between meets. Today's show is called Sex, Love, and Hip Hop. And uh, I have with me um, a major one. Uh, she is one in a million. Truly, truly, truly. Born in Singapore, raised in Canada. She earned her stripes in the American music industry this artist is reconnecting with her roots in asia and re-emerging as the far east empress so major one is not only a hip-hop artist but she's also an entrepreneur and cultural ambassador her music cuts through the drone of life inspiring people to rein in as their royal selves her journey has been a unlikely one of being a full-time hip-hop artist after graduating in architecture at the university of toronto her unique sound and courageous journey paved the way for the work of top artists and eminent pro- producers such as Farrell, um, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, Chief Vicious, Vicious um, um, okay, many others. Her music has been uh, featured in Netflix series like Tiny Pretty Things, Snow Piercers, A uh, Woo Assassins, Altered Carbon and sampled for the title track of Fast and Furious 8. So uh, for today's show, we are going to be talking to uh, Major one, as you know, as she's an uh, Asian woman in a Western country. So against the odds, uh, Singapore-born, uh, Canadian-Brit uh, Major one made her name for herself in Hollywood. So breaking Asian stereotypes to empowering women, particularly in the realm of sexuality uh, in 2020, December, two years ago. Uh, Major and uh, fellow artist Elaine Lim, known as General Ling, created the song Not All That Glitters Is Gold after a headlining artist allegedly assaulted a member of her team on International Women's Day, March 8th. This year, Major One released Valva Vocabulary, a body positive message to hashtag BreakTheBias. So this episode will discuss uh, Major One's recent marriage, healthcare, hip-hop and more.
2: So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. Thank you. Good morning (laughs) and good evening elsewhere. Yeah, so
1: uh, this show goes to people all around the world and uh, I myself didn't really know too much about you because I'm not into music and um, um, but what I love was your song, All That Glitters Is Not Gold and uh, it really has a very strong message. Uh, so maybe you can tell our listeners more about the story behind it and how has the response been?
2: Sure. Okay, right out the gate. Um, hi, I'm Mejia. I'm I usually do um, very... Hip-hop songs, I worked in L.A., as you mentioned. I wrote a lot of hooks and pop songs and R&B songs in that time. And honestly, coming into this industry, I came up in the Canadian music industry first. And there were there was no one that looked like me doing what I was doing. So I didn't really see that representation. Um, Asian female in hip-hop. Definitely faced over the years a lot of precarious situations, which I realized, you know, I kind of like... Got brushed off or tried to like ignore sexual harassment pretend it wasn't happening um be learn how to be one of the boys so that you can hang and still be acceptable in those circles and in actually it was the end of 2019 on um on a tour in Australia it was a reggae tour the, the one of the artists on the tour um, allegedly sexually assaulted my PA on the tour, and she's also artist General Ling. And so when this happened, um, man, I I have, I mean, of course, addressing trigger warning, addressing the situation was one thing, but the other part of it was realizing the promoter's response to it, the venue's response to it, what resources are available when something like that happens, uh, who is there to talk to, Are is there a go-to counselor that is arranged. Um, and I felt like we were kind of left left for dead because the promoter was just kind of like, we've never experienced anything like this on a tour before. We don't know how to help you, sorry. We were in a foreign country um, trying to navigate doctors, police, counselors, all of these things. And then when I came back to uh, Singapore, I I brought the survivor together with me back to Singapore. And when we looked for resources in Southeast Asia, we realized that often they are far far and few between, uh, number one. And When I spoke to different members of the music industry, whether it was DJs, just contemporaries, peers, almost everybody told me to um, just protect my money, protect my reputation and just tell her to suck it up. So I was very shocked that in 20, you know, well, we're 2020 now, but at that time, 2020, those were the attitudes and a fairly young generation in the entertainment and creative industry uh, coming out of Southeast Asia. So I was very shocked at the response. And as a result, we decided to write it. Well, I wrote a song called Not All That Glitters Is Gold together with a producer named Ja-wise. Uh We invited General Ling on. I'm like, do you want your voice heard on this song? And she said, absolutely. And she's very brave for the steps that she has taken. And yeah, we just put this song out there to just speak out against sexual abuse, uh, specifically in this case, in the entertainment and creative industry. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, So this is not the first time I'm hearing this story. Uh, You were previously on my virtual festival, Sugar and Spice. People can actually find a YouTube panel discussion that we have put online as well. Uh, It is a very, very uh, important topic because as women, I think a lot of us are told to fall in line, just keep quiet, just look good, and we are sexualized at every turn. It was really scary when I was in my 20s uh, navigating being a woman and being angry all the time in being born in a woman's body. So I kind of get what you meant when you said, like, you just wanted to be fit in and be one of the boys and just ignore things and lay low. But I feel that what happened with your stance making this song, uh, All That Glitters Is Not Go um it's kind of like you're coming out like mm. you know i'm not i'm not mm. going to deny that i'm a woman anymore
2: yes I, absolutely um, I, well i also identified my own kind of negative coping mechanisms where it almost became like part of my bluntness but it almost became a skill to duck rape in my industry You know, like I'm like, well, I I made it this far and I'm successful because I was able to navigate that space. And when this happened, I thought to myself, for all the people that have different personalities in the world, just because they might not be like rapper like me in your face and, and saying certain things. If you just have a different personality, that doesn't mean that you should be put in a, a non-safe space or precarious situation because you want to sing music or write a song or be a part of this creative industry. So that's when I kind of said, okay, I have some negative habits where I, th- I almost prided myself to be able to get through when no, actually that makes puts me in a position to speak out against this type of behavior and also to help contribute to the education in our industry on how, how we can, uh, support survivors better, identify, have stronger bystander intervention, all of that.
1: Yeah, so I strongly encourage uh, listeners here, you may not have heard of on Major One, but you can definitely uh, look out her songs and uh, you can definitely start following her. And uh, All That Glitters Is Not Gold is actually on YouTube as well and on uh, several other music uh, platforms.
2: And recently, we released a new remix of the song with an artist named Toke out of Germany, and it was so valuable to also have a male standpoint um, on the issue. So it was we have an acoustic version with Toke and a reggae version with General Ling and Jawais. Awesome.
1: So, so uh, share with us like what happened when the song was
2: released. <laughs> so when the song was released. Initially, I would say that uh, Asia was very quiet in the media because they weren't really wor- sure. Like, it's still kind of taboo, but I think you know Singapore media does take chances sometimes, and like so- some media knows, especially the younger um, platforms. They feel like, yeah, actually, we are comfortable speaking out about certain things. So, very like underground media picked it up, but international media picked it up. And what was beautiful is that artists that I knew and that I don't know from around the world contacted me and they were offering their own version, their own stories, um, their own words of like solidarity. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's make a remix. So we were able to record an Empress remix with over 14 women internationally which I'm really excited about we're still working on it and releasing it for November 25th which is the international day for the elimination of gender-based violence oh I did it. it was long um and <laughs> yeah and then when when international media start picking it up I was very surprised Indonesian media picked it up in a large way uh, which was very nice because the tour went through Indonesia And I found out that the alleged perpetrator was trying to then book another tour in Asia after this incident Um, and contacting my same kind of uh, connections and venues and promoters. And those promoters teamed together and went to the radio and really like help push my song even more. So I thought that was a huge and amazing step to happen in Indonesia. It was on every radio station. It was being promoted like crazy. And then I saw the rest of Southeast Asian, Malaysian and Singaporean media come around and begin publishing their own stories. And around that time, I think I met you and I sat on your panel to speak about this song and also just the general situation around it there's so much that happens the creative industry is very prone because, because you know you don't necessarily have set hours 9 to 5 you have a lot of gatekeepers, which is an imbalance of power, Uh, someone that is willing to use their power for improper things. Um, You also have a lot of drinks flowing and substances flowing often in the entertainment industry, you know, late nights at the bar, that type of thing. So I think that with all of these things in mind, it's important to, I don't know, as, as creatives, as participants, begin to help encourage a a culture of consent, number one, people that actually celebrate and congratulate that consent, um, and also a culture of consent in business, also working with people that are positive and supportive and being more inclusive. So these these are the goals either way. That's so I feel wonderful. I Kentucky so much in the morning. Sorry, man.
1: Uh, no, no, no. You're my guest. It's money. for you uh to uh, share with us your amazing work so i'm i'm i just want to say i'm really really proud of you for making a stand for not just sweeping it under the carpet like what everybody else must have been saying and uh the good that has come out of it and of course you know you're sharing the good side of what has happened um you also i imagine receive a lot of flake for it like you know
2: yeah, definitely. I mean, I was told I was banned from certain reggae circles. The industry can be quite misogynistic. So, you know, like, kaquila, <laughs> like the crews got together and and maybe like the boys club was not happy about what I was doing or saying. Um, but, but, you know, like I tried not to focus on that end of things and just keep pushing and keep the m- movement with some momentum. So there, there definitely was backlash. Um, there were people that are very worried about me that like, oh, your career, how, you know, um, there was the, the usual cliche black backlash that's like, oh, you know, it's just like two chicks trying to get money. As, and um, another story that was going around was that I was a disgruntled artist. And so because I had been kicked off the tour, I was angry at this artist and made up stories about him. It's interesting because I was actually the promoter of the tour. So I had to explain to a lot of people that, you know, I set up the tour. So how could I kick myself off my own tour? So I think that a lot of cliches and normal kind of stereotypes you have about women or just singers in the industry and these type of things not uh, were played up. The stereotypes were played up in order to get certain stories out. Rather than saying, like if we lived in a space where like, yeah, women could be amazing promoters, women could be amazing um, you know sound engineers, all of these things, then the, these kind of stories don 't perpetuate as easily, so yeah there 's definitely the the stories out there. Are you sure or not, what was she wearing uh, all of these things, these type of things
1: so I, I'd love for you to share with listeners uh, because we are not just talking about your work and uh, also, like, what would be useful to people out there who feel this sense of injustice, uh, violence that have been put onto them? Like, how did you cope with all these things that you know you were being accused of? It's not true. How did you deal with that?
2: I I put out the song. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for for myself, I was at the time I was just more focused on the survivor. How this was impacting her, right? Because um, I was someone that she cared for, and then she saw me being attacked because I was kind of like on the platform. I didn't want to, I'd rather the song speak. I didn't want to show my face speaking about things too much because I feel like if the survivor wants to tell her story, then she should be given the platform to just speak. And then another accusation was happening was that um, I was doing this to further my fame. Uh, So I was making up a story about uh, assault so that I could further my fame. And so I didn't really want to be in the limelight, like, you know, like adding to the story. What I really rathered was the song speak for itself. And then in the background, I'm you know, curating the 15, 14, 15 women that want to be on the remix. I'm curating an acoustic remix with, with Tokay. We're creating a PDF booklet for venues and producers and, you know, um, promoters just to say, Hey, if, if someone comes to you on tour and says this has happened to you to themselves, here are some ways that you can respond, how to um, express without sounding judgmental, um, different things that can actually be done, you know? So, I, I really wanted to work on that end of the Not All That Glitters campaign.
1: That's wonderful. So so let's talk about uh, Valva vocabulary. <laughs> Is that like the continuation, like the next step of your stepping into your destiny?
2: <laughs> sure. I mean, you could say that after Not All That Glitters... Um, you know, you, I begin re- reading a lot of literature on what creates um, these imbalances of power or creates a society where people like sexuality is such a beautiful thing and when it can be used as a weapon, as something harmful. How did how does this happen? Uh, how what education is needed? Uh, why are these things taboo to talk about? Why does a survivor feel shame when the person, the only person that should feel a shame, is a violator? You know, like these different questions were all swimming in my mind, so I just kept reading up, reading up, reading up, and it kind of led to this idea of then what creates a society that kind of sweeps this under the rug, that says, hey, it's okay uh, for people to be victimized in this way. Um, A lot of authority, whether it's police or legal systems, are not really the places that survivors trust to find their justice. Um, Often it's been let down or they've been put in more precarious situations by telling their story or having to tell their story over and over again and and it's very triggering and painful so I wanted to look into these things and one of these things um, was looking into my own life too and saying like hey you know like I've been very yang energy my whole life you know like MC, rap battle, being the only girl in every crew, having to fight my way through uh, to say like, hey, no, I'm here to stay. I represent myself. I represent my music, all of these type of things. So when I went backwards, I started indulging in all the things that I wouldn't in the past. So, you know, before I'd be like, bah, femininity. Who needs that? You know what I mean? But now I was like talking to my friends saying, okay, all that divine feminine affirmations that I used to make fun of you about, let me delve into it because there's obviously a very imbalance here in the society and an imbalance in myself too if this is my attitude toward things. And I thought back of like, you know, preteen or, you know, that era. And I remembered that um, my, my guardians used to tell me that, your vulva, your private part, as a woman, was called your shame-shame. I was like, yo, as, as a kid, I never questioned that. But now as a woman, I'm like, if I'm taught that that's called my shame-shame from childhood, then if I have a health issue there, if I have... Um, been violated in any way if i just have a question then wouldn't i feel ashamed about this part that i've been told is called the shame shame uh when you know you get your period as a young girl and you're like oh i should be you know hiding my face and going to the bathroom and hiding the pad when really like hey no why this is like a natural part of life so i started going back and undoing all these things and thus blossomed the song vulva vocabulary <laughs>
1: Awesome. I love it. And uh, you also had a health scare around that period, right?
2: Absolutely. Um, I was told around right after we had released actually not all that glitters campaign, I was told that uh, I had fibroids and a potential ovarian cyst. And for my personality, it was a shock because I'm like, I'm invincible. I'm a rapper. I, I'm just like, there's no way there's anything wrong with me. And being humbled with your own body and being told your own health, um, that was a huge part why I decided to kind of delve into like all the things, all the affirmations, all the meditation, everything that I've never done in my life, I just started getting into. Um, I noticed that I spoke to five doctors, four of them were men. And I noticed that a lot of the way that I was approached was a very harsh way in the medical system. Just, um, I was told to get a hysterectomy right away, uh, by four doctors. And, w- and the way in which it was spoken about was like, well, it's the old baby maker. You're, you know, you're 30, you're over 30. You can like, just, you don't need it anymore. And I was just like, wow, like that's the attitude that, you know, a uterus is just an old baby maker and like, take it out like the kitchen sink when it's done, you know? Um, So I I didn't like the feeling of the way I was being spoken to. Like, don't be stupid. Go get a hysterectomy. And uh, let me speak to your husband. Let me see if he wants babies. Like, I just, now with not all that Glitters campaign having passed, I was more alert to these ways of being spoken to and spoken down to. And then thinking about all the other people that are in a position to hear about their medical health in a way that is already very skewed and very biased. So I went full on. I I looked. I researched. I changed my diet. I went full vegan. I meditated every day. Um, I heard that fibroids had a lot to do with holding on. Some say mother wound. Some say like just holding on to something that you should let go. And women store a lot of their pain in their womb. Um, I took time to read a lot about the womb and how this is not place a source of like shame. This is a source of creation and magic and everything positive. So then I also sat back as a rapper and said, you know, all these, you know, popular artists are rapping and singing about handbags and cars and popping bottles like I'd make a rap about fibroids. How am I a grown woman, you know, and I've never heard about fibroids until I've been told that I have them. You know, these are the type of songs that actually should be made and should be sharing like very basic knowledge, fine, but at least it breaks taboos to be able to speak about these things. So at the end of the day, I took care of myself. Um, I did the work. And when I went for my surgery three months later, Uh, Everyone was surprised. I didn't have an ovarian cyst. I did have fibroids and um, I didn't have to go into any chemo or anything like that. And so I like to believe that the process helped heal my body and my mentality. Um, Yeah, so it was it was an amazing time and to also be putting out music that reflects the time I was going through and the healing process I was going through is like a real blessing.
1: Yeah, you went through a lot, it sounds like. And uh, you went deep.
2: Yeah. When I was initially asked, like, you know, Mejia, fibroids has something to do with not letting go. And I was like, I'm good. I don't hate anybody. I have no grudges. You know, and I was just like, I don't see what the problem is. Um, but when you stop talking, I suppose, and take time to really go deep, you um, I also f- read certain books and I followed the exercise in the books and in the past I'd be like, Oh, this cheesy exercise. I'm not doing this cheesy stuff. Uh, so I just did it, did it for fun. Did it out of curiosity, did it just to find balance. Cause I didn't realize my own imbalance, you know? And so when I went through that process, like, okay, write down every criticism you've ever heard about yourself and just being able to see it all on a page and being able to then identify hey that's why i talk to myself in that voice or i'm so casual to criticize myself about that kind of thing so i thought it was it was good like where i thought i had no problem and whatever then you just do the work and then you you see the work that needs to be done amazing
1: so you're talking about you know really all the stuff you know that needs to be clear it's like a reboot a detox talking to your inner child, reparenting yourself. That's really awesome.
2: Yeah, it was a great process. And for me, music has always been my therapy. So to be able to go through that process and at the end result in something like, nah, I want you to hear also, you know, is is a great gift.
1: Yeah, uh, I I did listen to Vava vocabulary. It's so fun. I was smiling (laughs) through it all and... uh, Also, the fact that it was a music video helped a lot because I could see your personality and your creativity in it as well.
2: Well, that music video was done during the lockdowns here in Malaysia. So we're like, how can we get creative and still do um, a video around it? So we found a vulva puppet maker in San Francisco. And so she was kind enough to send me her puppet all the way from San Francisco. We took this vulva puppet all around town um, and just treated it like your BFF, you know, because I asked a very simple question. What if we treated our most treasured body parts or even our body, period, like our BFF? We'd probably be a lot kinder, a lot more attentive, um, yeah, and a lot more mindful to it. So I, yeah, it was kind of an, an analogy in a silly, very silly video of what, you, what it would look like to treat your vulva like your BFF.
1: Yeah, I think uh, it's really easy to be nice to other people because we've been taught all our lives to be nice, but we really need to be nice to ourselves and uh, especially to love our bodies, our intimate parts and stop putting poison into ourselves, really all the negative thoughts, all the blame, shame. It really really uh, all adds up and builds up so uh, we have a break and after this big uh, break we'll be back <laughs>
0: <laughs> Om times tv imagine becoming a super influencer reinvent yourself invest in your brand and then manifest your success with a robust spheric approach OM Times Media and Broadcasting offers a unique and multifaceted way to become the spiritual and conscious influencer you deserve to be by putting your message across our powerful platform with its proven record of integrity and excellence. Through our produced shows, OM Times offers the opportunity to become a social media TV personality, a radio show host, an Own Times Magazine columnist, and a syndicated podcaster, all in one shot. By live streaming your show on Om Times TV and broadcasting it across the extensive Om Times radio and TV networks, you become more than a host. You become an ambassador and a force for positive change. Om Times. Open yourself to the possibilities. If I could be you, and you could be me for just one hour, if we could find a way to get inside each other's minds. Walk a mile in my shoes, walk Walk a mile mile in in my my shoes. Well, before you abuse, criticize, and accuse, walk a mile in my shoes.
1: hey we're back and uh, i'm with major one today we're talking about love sex and hip-hop in case you don't know about her she's an artist that uh, uh does hip-hop and um is uh not just a hip-hop artist but an entrepreneur and social a cultural ambassador she's changing the world with her music and you should definitely check out her work that's major1.com. you can also find her on facebook youtube and sound cloud. so just before the break we were talking about the origin of two of her songs all that glitters is not gold and vulva vocabulary you also mentioned a little bit about her health scare so uh mesha during this time you also got married tell us about it <laughs> i did
2: <laughs> you know i thought it would never happen <laughs> well more like my mom thought it would never happen um but you know i Uh, We were both trapped. No better way to know the partner you want to be with than to be stuck in a small condo with one person for two years. Um, But we were already trying to get married before the lockdowns were happening. And, you know, his name is Rob. It's... It's actually a promoter. He was running festivals in Taiwan, reggae festivals in Taiwan. And he had booked me um, for some festivals. We really got along. I started going back to Taiwan just to see him. Uh, He moved to Southeast Asia for me. And he's a mix uh, of Chinese, British, Jamaican, Venezuelan. Sometimes my friend's like, how did you find this? Because it's like exactly what you were looking for. And yeah, it's, I guess... What I would want to say around it is that after, okay, when I turned 26, my mom told me like, it's over for you. If you don't marry now, it's over for you. It's like 26 now or never. I was like, really? 26? Like, I'm having a good life. So after after that age passed, she'd still be on me like, still no babies, no marriage, you know, the very traditional family, kind of Chinese family thing. And I would be like, hey, you already told me after 26, is over for Mila. So it cannot bother me anymore. It's already over, right? It's over. Um, but I just, I spent a lot of my life on the road, touring, uh, writing in odd hours. Like, it's not the, like, family life setup that you would imagine. So I knew that it would be, like, kind of, that kind of nine to five kind of be there for your partner kind of life was difficult until I met my match and we got married finally uh end of last year and it's been good it's been great I'm so happy for you I'm, um, I'm still getting used to it a lot of my friends are still like isn't it weird that you're like hey that's my husband I'm like yeah I'm getting used to it I'm getting used to it when you go to the doctor and sign out a form it's like single or married I, I still tick single I'm like oh wait no yeah
1: enjoy enjoy each other you know life is short and um, I gotta
2: say that he's been a partner that's been very um, very very supportive of the Songs that I've been doing. I mean, the months that I was doing Volva vocabulary, my house is covered in like Volvic paintings and paraphernalia. And you know, and he's just got to like keep pushing away or like organizing little Volva pictures everywhere. Um, he saw that I was doing an Empress remix for Not All That Glitters. And now he's organizing a King's remix of all male artists because he's like, no, we absolutely need. All voices on this thing, not just like saying that this is something that happens to women. It happens to men too. It happens to everyone, actually. And so it's important to keep inclusive of all those voices. So I was like, sure, I don't, I don't have the time to organize that, if you will. You and so you start organizing a King's remix. So yeah, it's been great.
1: Awesome dual power.
2: <laughs> with with Volva Vocab, I wanted to add that. Vava vocabulary. I experimented with releasing it as an NFT. I don't know if you're into your like Web three game, but um, and as an NFT, if anyone buys the NFT, they get a reusable uh, pad, a batik pad made here in Malaysia um, uh, with the NFT. So it's been good. I sold a couple, and and the money is going to go to doctors on the on the doctors on ground that support. Uh, communities facing period poverty here in Malaysia. So we're also finding ways that technology, music can meld so that it can actually have a social impact on the back end.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that you were promoting um, these reusable uh, menstrual pads on your social media. And uh, it was such a good partnership.
2: I was making a joke that I might be the first rapper to ever sell maxi pads, (laughs) but I didn't know very much about period poverty. This is not something that, you know, like I was taught in school or ever learned about. And when I started to think like, wow, you know, I grew up thinking, oh, no, it's my time of the month again. Like have to get a pad. And for some people, that's a privilege, to be able to just like go to a store and take care of yourself or wash a, wash something and take care of yourself or have a menstrual disc or cup. Um, there are communities where women and girls don't have that luxury uh, or accessibility. And just sitting back thinking about them, like, oh man, you know, let's, let's rethink how we see the menstrual cycle um, and how involved, how much guys should know about the menstrual cycle as well because I feel like they should be part and parcel with it too and also realizing different levels of community and and the support that can be given with that
1: yeah i love it yeah i talk about my period all the time and it's really <laughs> important to be that different voice because every month it comes it's like a it's like a reboot for me first i kind of uh, retreat and uh, then i emerge and i i feel like uh it's a time a a wonderful time to actually rest and revisit all the things that are important for me and all the things that are working and not working and uh, it's really a very precious time instead of thinking of it as a curse or like a border and a burden and it's just about pain um, people who enjoy their periods especially need to talk about it because we need to i think send out different messages and to model for people that it's a different way that we can be. <sighs> so yeah, I'm one of the few people who talks about my period all the time. Um, awesome. I refuse to be shamed. I refuse to be shamed. Like there was once um, recently I, I had a party, like 10 of my friends came over and I had to change my clothes three times because I, I was having my period and I kept, yeah. I kept bleeding onto my clothes. <laughs> and and it was just like, you know, this is just a normal part of how it is. And they were asking me, like, why do you have these accidents? I said, I have them every month. I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just me. But, you know, it's fine. It's
2: normal. Yeah. And it's especially when you're wearing white or a light color.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So I I uh, really appreciate the invention of the period panty because that helped uh, a little bit with my yeah. cages every month. <laughs> yeah okay so uh, let's talk a little bit about your your the other things that you are um doing
2: uh upcoming upcoming yeah. upcoming uh so this whole kind of series of not all that glitters kicked off something i call the empress tribe series of songs where these are songs that address more the ying side of things or address things that i've avoided my whole life you know like When I started in this industry and they asked me, what's it like being a female Asian MC? I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. Because I was at the stage where I just want to prove that I'm an MC. I'm just as good as anyone. Don't have to identify me as you're this or you're that. I just wanted to be there for hip hop and just be a great artist. But as I went through my career and, you know, I've performed everything from high schools that live like up North Canada, high schools where there's maybe like, two Vietnamese students in the whole school and they'll come running up to me and thank me for performing because they're like I we've never seen anyone that looks like us doing what you're doing and we get beat up every day in school for just being who we are like being the only Asian kids here and we're we're grateful that you just made being Asian cool you know stuff like that and then now going through this part of my life and seeing like Yeah, representation actually does matter. I know it's a cliche, but it matters so, so much. Um, And the number of people, fans, friends, contemporaries that have opened up to me when I released a song like Not All That Glitters um, and, and... from all walks of life too. Or when I released Vulva Vocabulary, the number of women that kind of wrote to me and said like, oh my God, you know, like I used to be so ashamed of this and that or I couldn't talk about this and I wanted to. Um, It inspired this other artist to like start her kind of podcast series to say like, all vulvas look different. Like let's not shame our own bodies and this type of thing. So the next, the final song of this series is called Thicky Thicky. And it's about thicky, thicky bodies, you know, like fluffy girls. And it's no disrespect to any other body, skinny girls you get love to. Um, but we're we're also, I find that this industry does not celebrate the thicky, thickies enough. So, yes, celebrating Curve's song um, to a very heavy booty twerking beat so that it can be fun. And at the end of it, that's it. Like, I want to make music I, I, music is there for a spiritual connection music is there to communicate in a way that just words alone can't so if whether it's vulva vocabulary just getting silly with it and you know uh, addressing taboo topics in southeast asia with humor um or whether it's not all that glitters where it was a reggae tour and the survivor puts her own voice on the song to say no Every time this song plays, listen to me, and I'm not afraid to stick up for who I am and what has happened to me and what I want to say about it. So I think that music's so powerful. It's often seen as entertainment, um, but really we can play up the entertainment aspect of it and still share something that is empowering. Uh, I've worked in the music industry for so many years, and often the messages are about, what is it about my lifestyle you're jealous of, or what do you wish you had? This inspiring the sense of lack. But I would rather music be inspiring a sense of empowerment, a sense of wholeness, gratitude, having, you know, like sensuality, all of it. So I think that the music industry is very different from music as an art on its own. And then how do we continue? Like, how do we do more positive things with music and creativity? I
1: love it. Yeah, it's so important. Uh, It's so important. Yeah, and and I love how your music is now reflecting who you are and what you're going through, what you are becoming. And I I agree with you what you said about representation because I didn't have any role modelling of what I can be growing up and the possibilities. I was told just, you know, be content with your lot. And then when I became a sexologist, being the only Asian uh, sexologist that I knew of, being told all the time, being put down, being harassed, being objectified, it is very tough. It makes you want to give up all the time. So yeah, it's important to have all kinds of representations. And yeah, and uh, for me, it was it was really about what I call it, like put my stick in the sand and not move. Like mm. I'm here and I'm not going to move. Because this is, it is this important.
2: Yes, and you hold space for so many people too. So it's not just for yourself. Like it's this important for so many reasons. Um, you know, I can't even imagine the type of backlash that you have gotten because just putting out a song called "Vulva Vocabulary." To me, it's a biological term, right? Like vulva. It's okay, guys. Uh, but I got a lot of backlash that right away is like, "Oh, this song is very vulgar." Is it? This song is very obscene. I was like, no, there's nothing vulgar, obscene of it. I, I even had to speak to a few um, ad agencies and PR agencies asking if, I know it's like taboo, but do you think this can go out? And they're like, no, your song's very vulgar. I said, well, there's no swear words in the song. And it's like a chill 90s R&B hip hop kind of vibe, you know? And they're like, yeah, but you know, it's 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 obscene, La Meja. it's obscene. And so realizing that right away, a woman's body is tagged to sexuality it's already sexualized there's no ifs ands and buts about it um and also seeing other women feeling uncomfortable about addressing their own body as well um and just trying to figure out like yeah vulva like come on it's and I would tell the ad agencies like you came out of one I came out of one what's vulgar about that and then I stopped getting phone calls <laughs>
1: Oh no. So, do you worry about being canceled and being regarded as irrelevant?
2: Um, no, I mean, I actually, maybe I should think about those things more. <laughs> maybe my one skill in life is that, like, I have a thick skin. Like, I'm, I really am able to focus on the thing that the message that I feel should get out there. I'll speak to... I surround myself with creatives and people that I trust and that respect their opinion. And if cannot, they will tell me cannot right write write off the top. And um, I don't know. I mean, like, cancelled... I don't think people sh- can cancel someone for a, a topic that should be spoken about. And uh, especially when dealing with so much hurt and so much sweeping under the rug of that hurt. Um, I think that we live now in an age where we're given the tools and the online ability and the communication tools to be able to share those things. And uh, I feel like I feel like music is the kind of lowest entry point where it's still like, hey, we're going to talk about this, but you shouldn't feel so threatened. We're just singing, <laughs> you know? So no, I don't worry about that as much. Um, of course, no one likes backlash. No one likes hate mail. Um, <coughs> I think because I came up in the, at a time in the industry in canada and america where there was no other female asian MC, i've heard it all all the yellow fetishism all the like hate mail all the death threats even i've already heard all of it so at this point i'm just like honey i'm a grown-ass woman i'm gonna write the songs that i want to write if you relate great if not move along and then we just roll it's okay
1: yeah it's uh it's 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 really important to also be authentic to yourself so I'm glad that you have uh ways to um stay strong like you mentioned having trusted people around you
2: yeah and again back to the topic of representation, I remember I was doing a a magazine I won't name. Uh, But it's a very mainstream magazine. And it's like teen college girl magazine. And they were interviewing me for mentorship, like to share about the music industry. I've been in this business for almost 20 years, um, that kind of thing. And then they found out at the time, I think I was like 32, 33. And they found out my age and like, oh, we can't interview you anymore. You're over 30. And I was like, but you're giving mentorship advice to teenagers so is the 21 year old giving mentorship advice to the 17 year old like what's going on here do women just like wither and die after 30 <laughs> like what happened and so I realized that a lot of the media loves words like live your passion be an edgy girl um you know find a good mentor gratitude to what you're doing and like you know, live your best life but at the same time They shy away from asking a lot of people in positions that have gone through the mud. Like, I don't know if I can cuss on this show. (laughs) I was about to cuss. But I've gone through some BS, okay? And those are the mentors you want to speak to. Those are the, like, when you have seen um, how ugly and how beautiful things can get, I feel like... Those are the mentors to speak to. And uh, it was a pity to me that media doesn't cover a lot of these people just because of rules or selling rules or marketing rules they have. So um, platforms like yours, platforms that I like to create, these are kind of the alternate alternate media to be able to hear the voices um, that can actually give the, the mentorship.
1: Yeah, so much of it. <laughs> i, I just to, got the um, green light to swear. yes <laughs> yeah go ahead i'm a rapper um, damn yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> i think it's unnatural to not swear <laughs> um, um sorry is part of expression it's part of being human it's part of being alive better out than in better out than in uh yeah i have been uninvited um th- th- you, you yeah it, you, and this is this is funny because I have been uninvited for being a sexologist and talking about sex, um, when um, when um, you know it's a parenting magazine. Like, what do I like? You know, if we can't talk about sex and the process of sex because we are talking about having babies, then that is unnatural. So yes, some of absolutely. some of this, some of this um, nonsense is there. Yeah. Anyway.
2: So like. We can talk about storks develop, de- delivering babies.
1: That's <laughs> oh, crazy. That's crazy. I'd love to ask you how you stay creative because you know it's 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 difficult. I think to be thinking of ideas and trying to put them into music and how how does one start to be creative or Like learn from someone like you, you know.
2: Mm. I think that I don't know, I see creativity as this well that can never go dry, you know, unless your lifestyle and you as a person and a soul start face hitting some walls, you know, in terms of routines, unhappiness, this type of thing. But otherwise, I I really believe in maintaining the imagination of your eight eight year old self, you know, or whatever age it was where you could like run around and like, you know, a rock isn't a rock. A rock is like a magical tool to, if you throw it on the ground, it's going to burst open a portal. Like all of these possibilities that your mind could see as a kid um, that you don't just like where, you know, at some point we're told to like grow up and no, get, get with reality and, bills to pay and all of these things but if you're able to maintain that balance of that type of imagination it gets you through all the more rigid stuff as well um so i see the the opportunity of creativity and everything um even beyond the studio beyond music um how will we you know share a song called vulva vocabulary you know well um I saw that media was very apprehensive toward it. So we have to get creative. So I reached out to a younger generation that was talking about, you know, menstrual discs, or they were talking about body positivity. And I was going through all the like um, newer influencers to say like, yeah, let's just set up an interview and let's talk about the things you're not afraid to talk about. And also teaching these bigger media platforms that, Hey, the world's moved forward and, Kids now aren't that scared about talking about this these things, and it's absolutely necessary. Like, I think it's crazy what you shared about a parenting magazine not wanting to talk about sex, because and I and I understand it too, because my auntie when I really was when I re, released Vulva Vocabulary, uh, she came to me very concerned and she's like, I am Meja, this kind so shameful. Don't know where to hide your face. This must be very shameful." And I said, "Okay, why is it shameful? You know?" She's like, "This kind of." words shouldn't be used in a song it shouldn't be talked about I say yeah but like if I was a kid and I grew up being told that I cannot even say the word vulva then if something happens to me then how will I be comfortable to go to my parent you know in parenting magazines am I uh, comfortable to go to my parent and say hey I was touched in inappropriately or I didn't feel comfortable or I know my body and I didn't like this you know or I'm not Feeling well down there. Are we comfortable enough to just say these words and even be able to label them scientifically, like my vulva? This is my vulva, not vagina, this is my vulva, you know? And uh, these songs that you feel are so shameful, like, can we then use them to actually help protect ourselves and also be educated ourselves? And Auntie is very old school, you know? So she was like, "Mm, yeah, okay. Like, she was won over, but she didn't want to admit the point so she kind of just like walked away but little baby steps like that you you find ways to win people over so i think approaching the business of marketing promoting all of that stuff creatively if you're not someone that wants to write a song or a haiku just everything approach everything with that level of creativity
1: (laughs) yeah i love haiku (laughs) yeah so so it's 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 overwhelming yeah because you know uh to see how you are uh Up and about, you are all over the place, you're doing different things. So then it's like, whoa, I don't think I can do that. You know, it's so easy to compare, right? But coming back to what you said about um, creativity is everywhere.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I dream of going back to like not being everywhere, not being on stages, just sitting down with a pen and paper and doodling. Like that's my joy. I love drawing, I love just sitting there. And Also, for people to learn not to judge themselves so much. Um, I attend this like voguing class, New Way class, and sometimes I catch myself in the mirror and then I doubt myself. And the teacher actually looks at me and says, stop judging yourself. I was like, oh, so accurate. I am. So how many times in life do we, on the day-to-day, not at dance class, but on day-to-day, do we judge ourselves? Just Stop judging, write that stupid poem you've always wanted to write or draw the silliest picture you can draw. Uh, when I teach singing, I tell people to sing in the ugliest voice they can think of because everyone's always trying to sound like a choir person. No, when it gets ugly, that's where you find the roots of what makes your voice unique, what makes your voice beautiful, uh, what your, makes your voice sexy, all of these things. So, yeah. Stop that's judging. That's
1: beautiful. So encouraging. Uh, now I, I feel I have permission to sing in my ugly voice. Yay! Yeah, been, <laughs> I've been told that I sing horribly, I should stop singing, and I shouldn't.
2: No, and in the shower, you singing at the top of your lungs, you're a star. It's all good.
1: Uh, so any uh, last words uh, for listeners out there? It's been so enjoyable, but we do have to wrap up.
2: Um, Well, I think to bring it back to, because I love that this show is about sexuality and spirituality. And so often we don't get to see that, whether because of religious or conservative, culturally conservative reasons, we don't get to see those things together. But they are very much a, a part of one another. Um, for me music is a very spiritual experience you know if you think back to that first song that you ever heard that like hit you and you're like oh, my life will never be the same I've never heard music like this before the lyrics the singer was singing to me or the way the music me- makes you feel um I mean music is extremely spiritual and so to bring in sexuality which is the root of our being how we, procreate how we find pleasure in life um, how we get to know our own bodies how we get to accept ourselves and once accepting ourselves help accepting others to me like this is the journey I'm on right now to exploring more and also to bring that spirituality of music together with a greater self acceptance I think is is the goal so thanks for listening and check out VOLVA vocabulary not all that glitters Thicky Thicky is coming up. Uh, There's NFTs that are sold with it to raise money for really great causes. And uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Yes, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, listeners out there, please uh, check out Major One's website. That's uh, masia1.com. And you can find her on Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. So this has been uh, Eros Evolution. Thanks and
2: bye. Bye. Thank you.